Hey, 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 Chica. Welcome to The Lavelda Show, Women of Power podcast. The show where women share their personal power tools, the techniques, strategies, and ways of being which have enabled their business and life success. I am your host, Lavelda Vincenzi, a female speaker, mentor, speaker, and event host on a mission to unleash authentic, powerful female voices onto the world. In today's episode, we'll be uncovering the power tools of Katia Vabanova. Katia is a viral video creator and marketing strategist who helps creators of impact to reach more people through social media. As the founder of 20K Nation, she teaches clients to grow and monetize their audience online, creating viral content. Katia has worked with more than 1,500 clients, enabling many to go viral, be featured in TEDx talks, secure book deals, and sell 100K packages. She has spoken on stages across the world, reached more than 100,000 followers through her social media channels, and appeared in publications and podcasts, including Entrepreneur and The Smartest Guys in Marketing. Before starting her business, Katia worked in brand management and sales for nearly a decade, handling accounts for Santander, Hewlett-Packard, and Superdry. These days, she and her partner are accidental nomads who travel the globe in search of their dream home. Now, remember, all links shared in this show can be found in the podcast. This particular show is split into two episodes. So you'll have this episode and the preceding episode uh, with Katia. Now, the only way to ensure that you get your regular fix of the show and that you don't miss when the following episode is dropped is to click the subscribe button and make sure that you get to make sure you get updates as soon as they're added. Now, frankly, I think I have said more than enough for now. So let's get on with the show. Hiya, welcome to the Lavelda Show Women of Power podcast. Now, this is where us girls... Yeah, maybe I watched a bit too much RuPaul, but you know what I mean, where we get together to have a good chat about what it really takes to be successful in business and in life. But, you know, kind of predominantly business because that's my forte. And I'm really, you know, diversity has become this thing where people are paying a lot more attention to wanting more women on stage, more women in businesses, more women in positions of power. So this is where you come to get your fix on what other folk are doing that has really helped them to have their business success and life success. Success. Today's guests, um, we are known for having six hour conversations. So um, I'm just going to prefix there. We're going to do our best to keep this within the, the realms of not having to split this into two shows. We're going to see how we go. <laughs> She's here laughing at me. Her name is Katya Babanova. Hey, Chica. <laughs> I am so looking forward to seeing our planned 30 minute conversation turned into three episodes part one part two part three <laughs> do not put that out there she does have some great <laughs> stuff though i mean we put the world to right so this is gonna, this is gonna be a little bit of fun yeah. if you're watching and you have not yet subscribed just in case this goes into a couple of episodes i suggest you hit subscribe right now because i get a sense it's going to be somewhat crazy like let's do this so if you've not met katia before katia and i've known each other for what, like six years seven years? Is it that long? Um, I met Katia way back when she was starting her business. I know this is not what you do right now, but if you remember Periscope, it was when Periscope came out, Katia got on that bandwagon and like rode that train to Georgia. I don't know what was in Georgia, (laughs) 
But I mean, seriously, she grew an incredible following and her business kind of started there. She pretty much quit her job and started a business in what was it like 30 days, like from zero to like, hello, six figure business. Let's like rock and roll with this. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Since then, she's gone on to create viral videos with 100,000, 200,000. I lost track of the thousand, a gazillion thousand, thousand viewers. Um, she does the same sort of thing on Instagram and she teaches other business owners how to pretty much go viral because it's, it's a thing <laughs> and she has a formula. Um, she's even got a whole bunch of templates, but you'll have to stay till the end to hear about like how she's templated some of this stuff that you can get for a ridiculous <laughs> price. Um, so that's my like summation of Katia, but like I could have missed out some juicy, juicy golden nuggets. So Katia, what do people need to know who's like never met you before <laughs> oh my god i'm well, wishing they had by now like where, where has we, this woman been where, in my life <laughs> where do we start from uh 2015 um was when i started my business but you and i met the year prior to that so mm -hmm. we've known each other since um i didn't even have an idea for what i do today That's so true. so 2015 uh, i want to preface by saying that while today uh i have a whole bunch of uh, followers and I have over 2,500 customers paying me. 2015, I had nada, absolutely zero. I uh, can my, attest she is not she lying. <laughs> 2015, my following consisted of uh, my uh, law school friends. I went to law school with high school friends, uh, exes and, uh, you know, my mom and dad, my grandma wasn't on there. Uh, and um, basically, I was at zero. And I did not even consider the idea of building a following. That wasn't even something in my realm of uh, awareness at the time. And when Periscope came out, I just thought it was the funnest thing I've ever seen. It was the most exciting thing to just go on an app and watch people live in their house eating noodles. I was like, that is so entertaining. I'm a big fan of reality TV show. And I love watching all the trashiest TV, like Love Island and The Bachelor. Like I watch all of these. And to me, Periscope was a 24 seven reality TV show. It was really exciting to watch. I was terrified of the idea of actually being on it. So I want you to know that it wasn't that something that I was eager to do. It was something I was actually not into doing. But I got forced into going live because I made all these friends on the platform and they wanted to meet me. And the only way you can meet somebody on the platform is if they go live. That's the only way. So I was forced into going live and I had all this outpour of love and, oh my God, you're so cool and you have such a good energy and blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, ah, oh, people, people like me. I, I did not expect that. I thought it was going to be really, really terrible experience for me. But it was actually a very positive experience. And I thought, well, if people like this, I, I might as well, like, build a following around it for fun. And the fastest way I know how to do that is to bring a whole bunch of people together to do it together. I've always been um, a collaborator. I've always been somebody that 
leverages relationships and other people uh, together. So that's what we did. I created at the time uh, 20K Nation, um, which is my mastermind. At the time, it was called Perry 10K. And it was a completely free community. Uh, Lavelda was one of my very first members in uh, Perry 10K. And we would just get together and go live and share each other's followers and get get a bigger audience together. It was just a whole bunch of fun and it was not for the money it was not for a project there was no goal uh oh i want to have a, a 50 members paying like that was never the goal and then one day um i was talking to lavelda about it how exhausting it was getting to me to run the community um so i put everybody in a facebook group and that was taking so much of my time and at the time i was working in a nine to five job and i was getting really really exhausted and i decided that i would have to either quit it completely or i'd have to charge for it i literally had no choice and um when I decided to charge for it, I actually didn't think anyone would pay. I thought that who's going to pay, who's going to pay for something that they've had access to for free. Like it didn't make any yeah. logical sense to me. And yet, as you said to everybody within literally 30 days of registering the business, I registered the business on September 19th, 2015. So have a mental picture of that date. On 10th of October, I handed in my notice and my job, which was the day I realized I've matched my banking income. Mm -hmm. So it was absolutely insane how it happened. But what's absolutely even more insane is that I had no running a business experience prior to that. And today it's 2020 and I still do what I do back then I still run 20k nation and it's been growing every single year that's what's more crazy to me that it wasn't a one one-time hit wonder it wasn't a one-time hit wonder and um I think the biggest reason for that is because I never really looked for a one hit wonder I never really looked for a magical bullet I was just looking for something that I would have so much fun with that I can't wait to wake up and do every single day and that is really probably why we're here today if I didn't enjoy it it, it probably wouldn't have succeeded we probably wouldn't be having this conversation so um, that's how it all started and then from there I just became obsessed with studying uh, audience growth and virality and I started creating better content the more feedback I would get the better I'd get uh, I'd get uh, you know one day I'd make a video, get 100,000 views. I'd improve the next one, learn the lessons, and make another one with 200,000 views, and then improve and make another with a million views. And it just kept going and going. It just became an obsession. And um, that's how it all began, really. It just became with, oh, it'd be fun to uh, do watch reality TV show all day long on a platform that doesn't even exist much anymore. You know? It was so funny because I remember Katia came to one of my birthdays. It was in it, August is when you'd started playing around with Periscope. And we're, we're at this like bouncy. <laughs> we're at this, um, I don't even know, call, you know, the, the, the parks, like trampoline parks. Yes. Katia is like jumping on this freaking trampoline with her phone up. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm talking to the world. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't understand any of it. Like fast forward. <laughs> Fast forward five years and I'm like, okay, I, I suppose you were onto something. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I'll admit it now. You had a thing. You were onto <laughs> something interesting. What I love about what you say, though, is this idea that I, I see a lot of people, especially that have this drive to start a business and be an entrepreneur. And it's looking kind of outward at like, where is the money going to be and where is it going to come from and how exactly am I going to structure this thing precisely so that it's going to work. And you almost did the complete opposite of that, which was, this is fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe I just do it because it's fun. It's kind of how I started. Like I like emceeing, it's fun. And then people ask me, so I you know, started to get paid with it. And you know, I didn't set out with a, an agenda and a complete plan and a you know, I, I never had a business plan, to be honest, in terms of this is exactly no. how it's going to work. No. Um, never started there. It just was like one really cool, wouldn't this be fun idea after another. Um, did you, did you have the same thing I had? Because I, I mean, I worked in sales for years. And so you'd think I'd be fine with charging. But I oh remember the first... <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Go on. I know that I remember the very first time I put a price on something, I was selling dinners. I started doing these like get together. It was called dine events at the time, these get together dinner events. And, um, and I do it. People would come, they just pay for their own meal. And then I just thought, actually, this is a lot of effort for me to organize this stuff. So I'm just going to have people, I'm going to make something out of it. And I charged people nowhere of a lie. It was like 25 pounds for dinner. Like I was making a couple of pounds. <laughs> each time. And the, I mean, the first time it was so easy to sell. Hey, do you guys want to come to dinner? I'm getting some entrepreneurial friends together. Like it was really easy. And now I felt like, cause they were paying 25 pounds for food anyway, out of their own pocket. But now because they were paying it to me and I was coordinating it, it suddenly became this like, <gasps> did you have that? Or was I just, and I should know better. Cause I, I work in sales, I was, <laughs> but it was my so own I was in sales and marketing ever since I was 15 in many different industries. So I, I, you know, I should know this, but I had such a fear of being perceived as greedy, like as if me charging for something would make me greedy. Oh, like she's trying to take money from us. That's, oh, so she's not doing that because she wants to. She's doing that because she wants to make money. The idea that other people would perceive me as somebody that's doing it for the money would terrify me so much. Um, I remember when I when I started uh, 20 Nation, the very first batch of people got it for 10 pound a month. And the reason I charged £10 a month was because it was low enough for me to not freak out about the fact that people were paying me. I was just like, oh, I can take £10 a month. That's my income ceiling. Um, now, mind you, nowadays when you're listening to this, you might be listening at a time when 20K Nation is $200 a month. Just so you know the difference there. like It's like 20 times almost. But my biggest challenge was feeling greedy, feeling like it wasn't fair for me to charge and like, who am I to charge? And I know what you're going to ask now. How did you overcome it? I got validation from three of my top members. I messaged three of my top members that were most engaged at the time. And I literally just asked for their opinion. I said to them, if I charge for this, would you hate me? <laughs> and each and every one of them said, no, you deserve this. You have to charge this. You're putting so much work into this. You are spending every bloody second of your time and you're passionate. You deserve to get paid. And I think when I heard three people say that, that's when I was like, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. And that's when I thought I was just going to put an application form 
uh, a free application form that would ask questions so that I can pre-qualify who's coming into the community. And then the ones that I like, I'm just going to send them a payment link and leave it up to them. If they want to join, they join. But I haven't gone out and sold it. I've literally said, are you interested? Apply here. And I got, listen to this, I got 12 applications within the first 12 hours of putting the application out there. Um, and I got that just off the followers that I built on Periscope for the few weeks that I was active on. That's literally how I did it. Um, and I look back in that, I look back to that moment. Uh, I was, uh, at the time, what people would call unconsciously competent about how marketing works. I was not conscious about what I was doing. I was just following my intuition. And now that I look at what I do nowadays as a viral marketer, as a viral marketer, and I am consciously competent, I do the exact same things. I, when I launch things, I have pre-sales and, and pre-orders and applications. I have not changed my strategy in any way. The only thing that's changed now is the awareness because of the experience. So you could say that I had the intuitive the intuitive feeling about how could I sell this? How could I get people to apply for it? And uh, yeah, it was really fun. I think there's like two really great things that you say in there. One is that... Um, one is around the idea of making it so that it's easier and accessible for you. Cause I think when it comes to sales, I don't know if it's just women, but I work with women. So this is like what I see. So I just make up a lot. I can say with all honesty, when it comes to sales and women, there's this idea that it's much more complicated than it actually is. It's like, you're kind of thinking because people have said it's got to be this pushy, blah, blah, blah. There are so many gazillion ways of selling, which you can do in a way that's authentic to you. So I love that you didn't kind of go out and write a list and thought you just kind of said, look, if you're interested, here's a form. <laughs> like, I'm going to let the form do the salesy bit. And then, and then I'm not even going to pretend like I'm just going to be at the back going, I like you. Here's a link. <laughs> like it's the most basic kind of sales structure to set up. So I love that. And the yeah. second is you just went with your intuition mm -hmm. because I think often, often what we, what we can do is look to come up with, look outside of ourselves to come up with something that works. And normally what happens is you end up going back doing the thing you thought you should have been doing in the first place. <laughs> it's like, why did I not just do that thing that felt right? So you shoehorn yourself into a process because there are lots of different ways of selling. And I know for me, there are some that are just so inauthentic that I just had to be okay with getting on sales calls as people are going, I don't know how other people do it, but my sales calls be jacked up, right? I'm going to talk in, you know, this, that, and the other way. You need time to think, think. <laughs> you come back, you don't come back. It's all... But that's what feels good for me in terms of how I can talk to people in a way that it's, it's me that you're talking to versus it's this robot going, okay, so let me amplify the pain yet more because that's what I've been taught to do. So I love that, that bit of naturally following your intuitive hit in terms of this is what I think is going to work. Yeah. Um, and, and that you say that it's no different now. So no. listen to that ladies, like hear that, like it's no different now. That intuition is just your unconscious competence. Like five years, it's now almost five years that I've been running this business. After five years of experience and spending tens of thousands of dollars on trainings and mentorships and, and courses and 
events, gone to the biggest marketing conferences. I've learned, I've learned so much over the last five years. And I still, when I look back into the strategy I used in 2015, I still do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I still do. You, you know that we just launched a product that we, uh, we sold over a thousand products in literally three weeks. I literally used the exact same strategy to launch this product that I used to launch 20K Nation. And when I launched the 20K Nation, I didn't hire anybody to help me. Like I didn't read a marketing book to tell me to do it that way. I didn't read a book to tell me, oh, make sure you pre-sell before you sell. I just thought it was the most logical thing to do that I would get at least people to be interested before I actually offer it to them. You know, I see a lot of people, I see a lot of women in business who they're so obsessed with being perfect that they would rather spend their time perfecting that course or perfecting that book or perfecting that speech, that keynote speech. And they're going to perfect it, perfect it, perfect it. And only when it's ready and it's done and it's perfect, they're like, right, I'm now ready to put it out there. Now what do I do? <laughs> and they go and put it out there and nobody wants it. And I'm just thinking to myself, didn't you have at least a little bit of logic to think that maybe what people want to buy isn't necessarily what you want to sell? It's uh, like I found the most effective thing for me is get it about, get the idea 80% there and then test the market, right? Because at that point you've spent nothing. It's like so cool. So um. Like some of my best sales, I just thought I am too lazy to do a sales page. Like actually I just, I, I think what happened with me, I remember I got to a point where I was getting bored of creating sales pages and then the thing not selling. So I thought I'm not doing another yeah. one. I'm actually just not doing it because I'm so bloody annoyed about it. And I don't, I know I don't need a sales page to tell people about it. No, you're and, not. And the problem was, my problem was I'd get on a call with somebody and I wanted to sell them something else, but they wanted the thing that didn't have the sales page because I'd talk about it. <laughs> I'd be like, there's this thing called the fine speaking kicks incubator. I want that. No, it's not for you though, babe. It's not this. No, you need this other thing. No, 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 no. But tell me about the incubator. Can you send me something? And I'm, you know, but it's, it's that guilt. It's the guilt of, yeah, I would just be upfront. Girl, there's no page. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Please do not get to the end of this call and ask me to send you something because I can tell you this for a start. Your people don't need to read a freaking sales page. It's just a convenient reason to tell you that uh, they're not sure. And if you actually ask more questions, especially when you don't have a page to send them to, you close business because they'll tell you what's really going on. And normally it's not the thing they're telling you. No. <laughs> it's not. So it's a really great marketing research tool as well to just get to asking. Girl, we is going so off track. Okay, okay, let's get back to this. So what do you think? I have to remember, we genuinely can have six-hour conversations. Yeah, easily. So, <laughs> easily done. And they're all kind of like this. So what do you think makes a powerful woman? What do you think makes a woman powerful? So I do believe that every single woman was meant for different things and every single woman was created for a different purpose. And I can, I can tell you that some women out there, a powerful woman would mean to them would be to be the full-time mom that they mm -hmm. were born to be. Uh, for another woman, it might be to become the best-selling author of a, of a, of a fiction book like JK Rowling. Mm 
-hmm. For another women, their power is to uh, be a high fly corporate, corporate person. The key here is I do believe that power comes from being okay with being a hundred percent yourself and being able to create a life around that. So a lot of people would create their life for first and then they would see, okay, what business will fit into my life or what career would fit into my life? To me, power comes from the ability to just say, you know what? I don't want to separate things because I hate this part of my, like I hate the, I hate working. So I'm just going to separate it. To me, power is me being able to own every single one of my zone of geniuses and look at them and say, right, I really want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't care if I get paid, but if I do get paid, it, re it better be freaking, freaking insane amounts because why not? And to me, that is power. Being able to just say, I can do whatever I want. I can be whoever I want. And I can follow my strengths. I can follow my natural flow. I can follow my version of creativity. And your version of creativity might be completely different. And also, part of that power is also looking at other powerful women and not thinking less of yourself because of where mm -hmm. they are. It's really important that one, one phrase I say in pretty much all my interviews is I always say to, to women and men, I say, please stop comparing your chapter 11 of your journey to somebody else's chapter 78. I see so many women who are young, ambitious in their thirties and they are looking at these powerful billionaires that are in their 50s and 60s and and they look at them and go well why am i not there yet or or even it may not even have to do be with age it may mm -hmm. have to be it may have to be the i have a, i have a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur who has built seven or eight million dollar businesses uh, in his lifetime he started being an entrepreneur when he was 12 I started, I started my first business, like real business. I had my first entrepreneur journey venture when I was 16, but my first real business, I started at 23. And when, even when I think about it, it's like 23 is still super young. Why do I compare myself to women in their 30s? So to me, power is freedom of being who I want to be power of expressing myself fully and not feeling like that's not good enough by looking at other women. It's more so looking at other women and going, is there any of that, any of their skill set that I look at that I'm go, I really admire that. And I'd love to adopt that. So for example, Lovelda is super amazing at commanding people on stage. I, when I run mastermind calls or group calls, my calls always overrun because I am terrible and just piping people down. And sometimes I look at Lavelle and I think, gosh, I really wish I could learn that skill. Like how to pipe the frick down people, pipe down people, you know, that's Contain what power is to me. genius for a moment. Just like bring it in. <laughs> I love that, Katya. I mean, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, I, like these interviews are blowing my mind because I'm like talking to people and I'm like, damn, like, you know, I want to get a microphone and I'm going to have to get one. So like if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me. I'm going to get a phone microphone, I think, and just be able to do like a mic, mic drop moment, you know, because there's so many of them. Yeah. 
I might have to have like loads of them sat in front of me so I can just pick them up and kind of go like, how many mic drops did you get? <laughs> but for now, there's no real microphone. I'm just pretending. Um, what I love about that is, look, it's not even age necessarily or the thing is, it, it sometimes it just takes people a hot moment to get get to doing the thing that's truly them. So those like, don't be disgruntled by the person who like listening to Cassie and going, oh, she started a business at 23 and then in 30 days, boom, it was done. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the, I, I'm not adequate because I didn't get to do that. It take me three years and I still didn't even kind of go to sale. So what? So what? Here's, Does it make you... Here's the difference. Katia stumbled on the business that's 100% authentically who she is. She just didn't know it, right? Like if she'd started on a different platform or she'd started with blogging or she'd started with speaking or she'd started with a physical product, maybe the results may have taken longer. Katia just happened to start in something that she didn't even know was her natural zone of genius. And it probably took a couple of years before you got to the point where you're like, shit, I'm really good at marketing stuff. It wasn't as if it was conscious, right? So, yep. um, so I wouldn't even listen to this and start to think, oh, you know, how do I get, because it's not even that. It's like yeah. when you're powerfully, authentically in your own space, doing the thing that is truly, truly who you are. And sometimes that takes a moment. <clears throat> like even for me speaking, it took a while. It took one specific event where I lost myself on the stage in a good way. Like I think there was some music playing. Kathy, you were there. And, um, and this chain of people just started dancing for no bleeding reason. And I just was like, hold on a minute. I get to kind of be fully expressed as exactly who I am without having to shoehorn myself into anything. And people seem to love this. So why the hell have I been doing it? Somebody else's way up until now. But that journey in itself for different people tend to tend can take a different amount of time. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Like it's not just age and stuff, but I love, like, I totally love what you're saying about, about power and, and getting to a place where it's not either or, but this is me. This is what I love. This is what I want to do. So that's how I'm going to rock and roll. It's self-awareness really. It, that's what it really is. And, um, not to judge yourself when it comes because it's really let's be real here the real secret to doing something that succeeds and doing something that doesn't succeed i have nailed it under one thing and that is forcing it if you're forcing it chances are it won't work it might work but chances are it won't if it's not forced if it comes naturally if it flows if if an idea comes in and it just evolves gradually and naturally that is when you have something successful. And for some of you, some of you, you might think that it's got to do with, with um, your discipline or with your routine. I personally believe that sometimes there are things that are completely outside of our control. Uh, if, you are, uh, if you are into metaphysics, if we're, we're even going to go there. I had a lady who read my birth chart and literally looked and said, oh, your business, if you started it 2014, it wouldn't have worked. 2015 was the best year for you to do what you did. She literally could see that 2015, uh, the way that the astrology was positioned at the time wasn't favorable for me to start a business. And in 2014, I wasn't even thinking about it. It's just with some people, it's not a natural intuition. It's not a naturally intuitive thing to be in tune with when is the best time for them. So my advice to anybody is just don't force something 
that isn't coming naturally. If you mm -hmm. have to force it, it probably won't work. It's probably not the right time for it. Like, and that's hard because sometimes it's just life stuff and you're like, oh, I don't sometimes know. people are just ambitious. Sometimes people are like, I have a goal. Like, you know, there's this big movement around, you have to be a go-getter and you just have to set a goal and go for it. Yeah, right. I have had plenty of launches and promotions where I have set a goal, been really prepared, been really, really planned with everything that I did not hit the goal. And then I've had times when I have not even set a goal and I have exceeded anything that I could have even imagined in my head. So what's got that to say about goal setting? Sometimes goal setting isn't the answer. Sometimes natural flow does its job. Girl, you got this one. You know what? You, you professed, professed, what's the word I'm looking at? You, you know, the other thing is you're really good at seeing the future because we went into this saying, guess what? This show may be more than one episode. And you know what, ladies? It's going to be, it's going to be two, at least two. <laughs> right? So you have, if you've watched up until this point, you're going to have to subscribe to wait until episode two comes out because I'm serious. Like we got to do this in two episodes because it ain't getting anywhere near half an hour. We got a good, like we're only halfway there. So, <laughs> so, so right now we're not done. You have to wait for episode two. So if you haven't already subscribed, you need to click that freaking subscribe button like now, now so that you can catch episode two back again with Katia Vavanova. This is the Valda Show, Women of Power podcast. All of the notes will be in the, any links that are shared in this show and the next will be in the show notes. But any links that haven't been shared now, you're gonna have to watch the next show to get them. So the juicy, juicy stuff, you'll have to come back. So we'll see you in the next episode.